somebody here this morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me uh, or visiting this morning, my name is Tony Percy. I am one of the elder candidate, or I'm an elder candidate here at Freshwater. Um, and in this process, I've been able to just be, be discipled by our current elders, and they've brought me in and just been walking me through what it looks like to be an elder of a church, and, and part of that is learning how to preach and teach, and so they've given me this opportunity this morning to just come up here and, and be able to preach and teach the Word of God this morning. Also, if you're just joining us, I apologize, but a lot of my context is from previous uh, series that we've gone through. So the last series we just did was on ambassadors, what it looked like to be an ambassador to the poor, to be an ambassador to our community, to be an ambassador to the nation, and last week was an ambassador to the world, what it looked like to represent Christ overseas. And so we looked through that and Again, part of the process is we're looking forward on what we're going to be preaching after this, right? And in that, the, the book that we're doing next is going to be the Gospel of John. And yeah, pumped about it, you guys. This is going to be good. Um, the reason it's going to be good is because the main focus of the book is the deity of Christ. The focus is Christ's authority, and so this morning, I, I had the in-between sermon, the in-between our last series on ambassadors and our next series on the gospel of John. And they said, preach what you want. And I said, sweet, super pumped about it, right? Turns out that is extremely difficult. <laughs> you see, the Lord's been teaching me and growing me for the past I mean, an entire lifetime, but specifically in the, in the past year and a half, the Lord has really just helped me understand not only who Christ is, but also my position in him. And because of that, I've had an immense amount of growth in my understanding and knowledge of God and who he is. Yeah, praise God. It's been revolutionary for my life. That being said, I've written or started writing 10 sermons for this morning. <laughs> it has been agonizing. I get halfway through and be like, delete that. That's not what I'm preaching. Let's try this again. So I'd start again. 10 sermons later, I've deleted nine of them. We've got that this morning. Now I tell you that because I didn't have that till this week, Tuesday which for the elders that have been training me and know me, for those of you who know me, I'm a very like scheduled man. And so not having my schedule, not having things planned out, not having the practice that I wanted, I felt extremely unprepared for this morning. But the beautiful thing is that what I get to preach on this morning is what it means to be an ambassador of Christ. I'm going to actually take everything that we've been learning from our last series of what it means to be an ambassador and going into our next series of the authority of Christ in the Gospel of John. And Lord willing, this morning I'm trusting that Christ and his authority speaks through me to bring that to a point where we can actually take the knowledge of what it means to be an ambassador plus the authority of Christ and how does that apply to our daily lives. 
So this morning, we're actually going to be, wow, I went way ahead of where I was. We're actually, <laughs> Brandon showed me this cool new way, it's the presentation way, and it takes some scrolling, so I, I lost my spot. But anyways, we're going to be talking about what it means to be an ambassador of Christ, and like through this last series, you know, we're talking about to the poor, to the nation, to our community, to the world. And through this series, it, it really actually caused my mind, like, you know, I'd feel super encouraged and then super exhorted. I'd feel super, um, like, excited and then super convicted. And it's like, yeah, doing that, not doing that, sick, got to work on that. And, and through this process of listening through this last series and being taught by our elders and through God's word, it caused me to ask myself those two specific questions. What does it look like to be an ambassador of Christ? And what is the, the defining characteristic of an ambassador in any of these contexts? And so like I said, that's what we're going to be preaching on or learning this morning together. So if you would, before we begin, I'm just going to go ahead and, and pray and lift up this morning to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. Thank you so much that you and your sovereignty from the beginning of time have written a, a path to reconciliation to you. Lord, I thank you that you sacrificed your son to redeem mankind. Lord, your gospel message is one of freedom, one of hope, one of life. And I pray that as this morning, as, as we work through your scripture, Lord, that your name would be elevated. That your name would be glorified. And, and Lord, that you would reach our hearts, whether believer or unbeliever, that you would reach our hearts in a way that changes our lives to walk daily with you, that, Lord, we would abide in you. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that you take us and you mold us and you teach us to make us into the likeness of your Son. I thank you for your grace and your mercy toward us as we continue to learn. I pray that you would just keep our hearts soft and teachable. And Lord, that we wouldn't just grow in head knowledge, but that we would grow in our heart knowledge. And by that I mean that we would walk out the life that you desire us to live that glorifies your name. Lord, Lord I thank you for this morning. We love you, we thank you, and we trust you in your name. Amen. So, being as how I was asking the question of what an ambassador is, naturally, a man that is not super knowledgeable when it comes to the language of English, I had to go and look up the definition of an ambassador. I just wanted to see, you know, exactly what Webster's Dictionary said. So this is what the internet, and the internet doesn't lie, this is what it said. An accredited diplomat sent by an authority as an, its official representative to a foreign land. And then I looked up, of course, the, the biblical definition of an ambassador. It said, those who are appointed by God in his authority to declare his will. 
So keep that definition in mind as we work through Scripture today. We as children are ambassadors of reconciliation to God sent under the authority of Christ. So to begin learning and discovering what an ambassador is and how that applies to our daily lives, we're actually going to start out in Acts 4, chapter 4, verses 8 through 14. So I'll give you a minute to turn there, and then I'll go ahead and read it, and then we'll work through it together. Acts 4, 8 through 14. Thank you, JT. (laughs) Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, If we are being examined today concerning the deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all of the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they, and that's referring to the elders and leaders, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men, and they were astonished. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. But, see, but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. So from this passage, we see a couple things that define what it means to be an ambassador of Christ. The first thing that it takes to be, the ambas- to be an ambassador is to be sent by someone who is in authority. Matthew 28, 18, right before the Great Commission, Christ says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go ye therefore and make disciples. We have the King of kings and the Lord of lords Declaring us, his children, to be ambassadors. Why is this important? Why does whom the authority come from matter? No other name is higher than his. The reason that this matters is because, like, I mean, let's just take it for a practical example. My son, when I tell him something, he listens. Because guess what? Dad's authority in his life. When his sister comes up to him and tells him to do something in her grunts, he could care less. Most of the time, as believers, we walk around like the little sister. 
I've got something important to say. Oh, you don't want to listen? Okay, that's fine. Can I just stand here awkwardly next to you and pretend we're doing life together? Christ has given us authority. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, has said, you, as my children, are my representative. Now walk in that truth and in that authority. Don't steamroll over people. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is the message that he has given to you. You have authority to say that message. Whether it be in your workplace, among your friends, or overseas. We've been given the responsibility by someone who is greater than anyone, who is sovereign over all. And he's given us the authority to declare his message. Proper understanding of Christ and his authority will change how we walk our lives, how we, how we walk our lives out. Just like proper understanding for Hudson, he understands dad's authority. He doesn't understand his little sister's authority. And quite truthfully, he even struggles sometimes with mom's authority. <laughs> he knows dad is dad. Like JT says, you've got the secret weapon of a dad voice. And it's true, I do. When I give Hudson a command, he, he'll, he'll follow it. And that is the understanding as a son or a daughter of God. We are going before our father going, okay, you told me to do something. And you have all authority in my life. It doesn't matter what my job says. It doesn't matter what my culture says. It doesn't matter what my friends say. Christ, you and you alone are the reigning authority in my life. And what you ask of me, what you command of me, I will do. That's the position we're in as ambassadors of Christ. That is the authority that we fall under. Secondly, as we go through Acts, we see that uh, Peter and Paul are proclaiming a certain message. So again, what is an ambassador? It's someone who is given a message by someone in authority. So as a believer, church, what, what is our message? What do we go around telling people? I'm a Christian? Yeah, so does all of America. Is it Jesus is Lord? Most people believe that too. Or there's a God. People believe there's a God. Scripture says even the demons believe there's a God. So, so as a believer, church, as a child of God, as an ambassador of the living king, what is our message? Our message is one of reconciliation. Our message, church, is the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ, God, was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on the behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. The glory of the gospel, church, may we never, ever graduate from understanding what Christ has done on our behalf. I am a wretched sinner. I know me. I am not worthy by my own standard. We all have our things. We all have our vices. We all have our shortcomings. But Christ, the most beautiful statement, but Christ, he came, the one who knew no sin, and he paid for me to walk in freedom, to walk in hope, to walk in truth, and to do all of that boldly because all authority was given to him and he claims me as his son. Church, may we never graduate from that. May we never move past the weightiness of the gospel, the glorious magnitude of that message. My entire life, I've walked in a manner that is trying to be good enough. It is defeating and it is hopeless. And Christ came and said, Tony, it's not about you. It's not about your ability. It is about me and my ability. I've done it all and I've invited you in. So by faith, believe the things that I have declared of you to be true in authority. I declare you to be justified as my child. I declare you to be sanctified as my child. I declare you to be forgiven as my child. Now walk in that truth. Show the world what it means to have hope because of who I am. Church, as ambassadors, we have our message. We have our cause. There are so many things, especially right now in this time, in the past two years. Are you going to be on the masked or the unmasked group? Are you going to be on the vaccinated or the unvaccinated group? Where do you stand politically? These are things that either we or our culture deems as necessary to be engaged and involved in. And I'm not saying that to be engaged in those things is wrong. But what is our purpose in engaging? Because church as an ambassador of Christ, it's not about where you stand politically. It's not where you stand about whether you wear a mask or not. 
What matters is that you are elevating the name of Christ, that you are proclaiming the message of the gospel. That is our cause, and that is the end-all, be-all. That is what he declares us to do and be. That we be a light on the hill. Guess what? If you're in the unmasked or mass group, you're no different than everybody else. Vaccinated or unvaccinated or any slew of the things that our culture deems necessary to be engaged and involved in. What is different is Christ. The one thing that they try to kick out of literally any workplace or any conversation. Christ. Christ is the one who's different. Christ is the one who needs to be our focus, who needs to be our intention, who needs to be our life. That when we're engaged, and no matter what the circumstances are, that our message is the same. Christ gave me freedom because he was my sacrifice. There is hope, there is life, and there is freedom in one person, and that is Jesus Christ. Now how we engage in these things, yes, walk in a manner that glorifies God. Absolutely. Because that's what he tells us to do. He tells us to be a light on a hill. He tells us to represent him. He tells us to go ye therefore and make disciples. Church, the beauty of the gospel message is that he's written it out to us. He, he tells us what it is and then he tells us what we need to do. How we need to model our lives and then he gives us promise after promise after promise that he is going to fulfill his work in us until the day of Christ's return. But church, guess what? That doesn't mean sitting idly by on your hands. What it does mean is engaging with his word. Letting his word renew your mind. What it does mean is engaging with his body. That Christ is the authority, is the head of the church, and we are the body. We are the bride. And we fall under the authority of Christ and Christ alone. Church, when things function properly in that way, it is a beautiful and redeeming picture. So as ambassadors, we've been given the authority of, of Christ, who is seated in the heavenlies and has declared that his enemies will be a footstool under his feet. He has already won, so he has all the reigning authority. He's given us the message the message of reconciliation to him. That, that now we can go proclaim to the world what it means to have a relationship with a living God. How beautiful. But if we go to Acts 4.13... Now, remind, just to remind you contextually, these are the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I preached a sermon a long time ago. It was just giving statistics to be a Pharisee or a Sadducee. They had to memorize the entire Pentateuch by the age of 13. Church, I can hardly remember like five verses. I can't even remember what I had this morning for breakfast. These guys are knowledgeable. 
These guys are intelligent. They know the scripture back and forth. You could ask them any, any letter that they had and they'd be able to quote it to you. Verbatim. These are the guys. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and, uncommon, or, and common men. And they were astonished. And they recognized them as having been with Jesus. They had a living relationship with the living God. Why is this so encouraging? Because guess what, church? You don't have to be that guy. You don't have to be JT who can captivate an entire audience with passion and excitement to just go and start knocking on everybody's door telling them how much Jesus loves them. You don't have to be this guy who's read more books on probably the Old Testament than I've read in my entire life. The guy is extremely knowledgeable in scripture. You don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to have a silver tongue. You don't have to be studied and knowledgeable. Again, not saying don't study. <laughs> That's very important to do. But you don't have to be those people. God chose Moses, a man with a stutter, to lead his nation to freedom. Christ on earth chose 12 outcasts to society to be the pillars of the church. It's not about your qualifications, church. So stop making that the excuse. I can't, I, I'm just really insecure knocking on people's door. I'm just really insecure talking about Christ because I don't know if they're going to ask me a question. I don't know. I don't, for me, I don't know if I can preach. I don't like standing in front of people. I don't. I've preached how many times now? Five? Still this morning, I'm shaking at my table. It's not our responsibility to make the qualifications. Christ said, you are my child and you are my representative. Now get out there. This is the message that you have to preach and this is the gospel you're going to proclaim. And you're doing all of that under the authority that I have, which guess what? It's supreme. So stop making the excuses. Stop finding the other things to do. Like me and Tori this week, guess what? This sermon, I like to be prepared. I like to have everything researched and I like to know exactly what I'm going to say. And then I like to practice it about five to seven times. That's when I feel like I've done my work. This week, I finally settled on what to preach on on Tuesday. Tuesday evening, Hudson got a stomach bug. Vomited all night long. Went to work the next morning, exhausted. Had a good evening, didn't really get much rest because they were all still wonky. Friday evening, Lily gets a stomach bug. Vomits all night long. Saturday morning, we wake up. My wife is feeling sick all day long. Those three days in previous history are the three days I go, 
to prepare. Those three days are the times that I invest to make sure I've done my work. But Christ in his authority, he says, Tony, I understand you want to look like you know what you're talking about. I understand that you feel the need to be qualified. But Tony, as my son, I've given you the message to preach and I have all authority. You really think that circumstances should change what I'm laying on your heart? My wife had to call me out on that. She said, Tony, I thought you were preaching on the authority of Christ. Why are you getting frustrated that our daughter's sick? Well, because you're right. <laughs> Come on, Tori, are you going to let me like whine a little bit? Church, I hope this morning you feel encouraged. And simultaneously, I hope you feel convicted. We're standing here doing church at the park. Next year, we're moving back to Williams Elementary. I know every one of you have relationships outside of the church that Christ needs to be proclaimed including me. So church, as you hear this message, don't just go, oh, that was cool. Allow the truth of God's word to sink into your heart, to be an ambassador. Engage in God's word, allow it to renew your mind, and as it renews your mind, submit to the authority of Christ. And in his authority, walk that out. Abide in him, live in him. Why? Because it's going to change people's lives for eternity. There's an eternity at stake here. Some people, guess what? They're going to hate you. I spent six years of my life in the oil field, and guess what? All but three people I left knowing that they hated me. Some people are going to have their life changed by the glory of the gospel. That they're going to be able to live in freedom, be able to join into a family, going to be able to experience the truth of Christ and the hope that sets you free. That's why it's important. That's why it's important to understand the authority of where it comes from. That's why it's important to understand the message that has been given. And that's why it's important to, even though we have all the excuses, to submit in obedience and walk by faith. Because it's about the one. When the one comes to know Christ, we get to do baptisms today people that have submitted their life to the authority of Christ. What a celebration, church. Tears of joy, and I'm a little sappy, apparently. But still, like, how beautiful is that? That should make all of us excited to invest in people's lives. Church, I love you.
And I want you to hear this, not because I'm saying it, but because it changes how we walk our life. And church, it gives us freedom from all the insecurities. Going, no, he's sovereign. This is what he told me to say. Now I can walk this out. And guess what? Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to stutter. I'm going to mess up. JT even has, like, I mean, me and JT, and I'm sure Brandon as well, we've got stories of people where we just totally bombed it. And yet Christ said, I got this. And we got to see these people come to know the Lord and walk in the freedom that comes from knowing Christ. So church, get out there, engage Submit to Christ and his authority and proclaim the gospel in in all of its glory that we are reconciled to God because of what Christ has done on our behalf. I titled this sermon, The Eternal King Who Sent the Commoners. Because that's what we are. We were broken. Just like last week was preached out of Second Kings, the lepers <laughs> that went and found all of the food. And then we're like, ah, we should probably go back and tell everybody. Because they still think we're under siege. Church, that's us. We've been given new robes. We've been shown life. We get to walk now into a kingdom, not engaging at the market, but going to the market and saying, you don't have to eat a donkey's head or a cup of dove's dung. There's food, there's life, there's freedom out here. If you will, just go ahead and just bow before the Lord with me. Dear Heavenly Father, what a glorious God you are. I thank you so much that you are the one in authority. I pray, Lord, that the knowledge of Scripture would not be something that is just head knowledge, but that Christ would make his home in our hearts and that we would function out of obedience under his authority. And that we would walk in boldness, truth, and freedom, proclaiming the hope of reconciliation to you. And Lord, that you would use us as vessels to glorify your name and to further your kingdom. Lord, we love you. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this body. And I thank you for your word. But most importantly, thank you for your son. In your holy, precious, life-giving name, amen.